It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, January 10th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is moving ahead. We're talking Jamie Drysdale. We're moving on, folks. We're going to do that, talk about the implications for the rebuild, the salary cap, and oh yeah, there's a game tonight versus the Habs. We're going to get into all that all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Locked On Flyers on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter as well. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. You can find us over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. What a day, Russ. What a day. <laughs> and it was unbelievable. Just the whole day, start to finish, like it was all encompassing, man. Yeah, it really was. I think, you know, we, we got out our thoughts about Cutter Gautier mm-hmm. on yesterday's show. You can go back and listen if you haven't. Um, you know, there were obviously reasons for Cutter Gautier to not want to play for the Flyers. And there's are, always two sides. Yep, there's always two sides. He's got his reasons. Ultimately, what happened is that the Flyers realized that he wasn't going to change his mind. And after that, World Juniors performance and gold medal. They felt like they could get the best value for him. Um, and this was the deal they made. And, you know, whatever happened behind the scenes, whatever people are saying, ultimately, uh, he is no longer going to be a part of the future of this organization. Uh, but, you know, who is Jamie Drysdale? He's here. Yes, he's here. And he could potentially solve a problem for the Flyers' power play, which has been much maligned. And I think that when the Flyers were looking to make a deal here, they obviously prioritize getting a top defenseman. That's something that Keith Jones said day one of this rebuild. Mm -hmm. We want to build from the blue line out. We want a top pairing Mm -hmm. defenseman. We want somebody that can contribute on the power play. Um, This is exactly what they wanted. So, you know, I think that, Given the situation, given that they wanted to have the most leverage possible in a deal, this is a pretty good deal when all is said and done. No, it's a pretty good deal. I mean, you got a a guy who's definitely good on the power play. He could skate really well. He's he's got a lot of passion. He does need work defensively, and and Tortorella knows that. Like he he pretty much made reference to that. Yeah. The only thing you don't know is is he a one or a two? I I don't know yet. He's at the age of 21. He hasn't played a lot in the NHL. He hasn't played enough for me to be able to give you a real definitive answer on that. And that's something, you know, that they're going to find out. So either way, it's going to help with the depth on the uh, blue line for sure. Uh, It should help on the power play. But again, we don't know. I mean, perfect example is the Penguins, right? Like (laughs) they had one of the the greatest defensemen to ever play in the NHL 
come to their power play and it was terrible for a while. Yep. And, you know, and now it does seem to be getting better. So there could still be another period where they have to get used to Drysdale side of sort of being the point guy. They have to maybe figure out, is he going to be the uh, the zone entry guy, which he should be, but maybe they're still going to ask him to boomerang it. Like we don't know all those things, but like I said, with the Penguins adding Eric Carlson, having Chris Letang, it didn't necessarily solve it. The power plays, you know, that's where it's it's more of a system thing sometimes than a person thing. But yeah, is he better than anybody the Flyers have as far as shot and being able to move the puck on the power play? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I should mention real quickly, uh, I meant to at the top of the show, but we're supposed to have a mailbag segment today. And there were so many questions related to this trade on our YouTube comments. So we're going to be hopefully addressing everybody's questions and answers as part of this discussion today. And we'll get to the non Drysdale Gautier questions on uh, tomorrow's show for anybody that has those. But if we don't answer your question that you have about this trade or about Drysdale, please let us know in the comments and we will get to it on tomorrow's show. Yeah, I think that, you know, first of all, very interesting. He's wearing number nine uh, just because the Flyers had a nine so very recently. And I, I think that says a lot about where he could end up in the lineup uh, relative Mm -hmm. to the last guy who wore number nine. Um, But you're right. Mm -hmm. He's only 21 years old. We have talked extensively on this show about defensemen needing a couple more years to cook uh, and, you know, to get to their potential. Like like he's missed time. So, and now you have a new coach. And so, yeah, uh, I'm not going to be very critical at the very beginning because this is like all an adjustment for him. Yeah, I think so. And um, I think that, you know, you look at Travis Sanheim and his trajectory and when right. he has started to kick in, you know, yeah. as far as being a much better defenseman on the defensive side of things overall. Um, right. And I think you look at that timing, like the sky's the limit for Drysdale, especially when you look at where he's come from and, you know, and what that could be. Yeah. I mean, look, he's got leadership capabilities. I talked about it yesterday. I sought him out. I wanted to talk to him. I wanted to write about him. He's a, you know, there's a lot of talent there. And you just, you hope you hope he stays healthy. You have to say it only because there's been a little issue with his health. But other than that, mm-hmm. the talent's there. So you just, you know, now you're trying to fit in the talent. Now the, like I said, the blue line's going to change. And probably other things are going to change over time now too with the team. But, you know, this is the more immediate part of it. Yeah. And you look at his experience with all that time, uh, on the Canadian junior squads at U18 mm-hmm. and World mm-hmm. Juniors, uh, playing for Erie, one of the like, uh, mm-hmm. top OHL program there. Like, he has a really strong pedigree here. Yeah, he's got a strong pedigree. He's got a good resume. He's got a good head on his shoulders. All of that's really good. Yeah, I think so. And you look at that, you know, first season he had with the Ducks, uh, where he had 32 points and, you know, obviously that was before he got hurt, but he seems healthy now. And um, I I think that, you know, it brings up some questions, right? So we were talking offline yesterday and uh, discussing how he could be similar or different from how Shane Gostas bear when he first uh, was, when he first joined the Flyers, right? Yeah. I mean, because, you know, impactful on the power play, the shot's really good. Is it exactly like Spear? No. But is he um, a little better 
uh, as far as a defenseman than Gostaspir? Yeah, I think so. So, you know, we're just saying there's some similarities. We're not saying it's the exact path. But you can see what, it, you know, when you get a guy like that, what it could do for your team. And I think he could be a 50-point defenseman. And I think that's, you know, that could come over time. That's going to come when the Flyers' power play improves and he has somebody that he's comfortable with uh, pairing with him so he could, you know, leave the nest once in a while and not have to worry about it. Those things will matter, you know, for points. You know, this year, look, he's on my fantasy team. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I like the guy. Yeah. And I think he had like four points in his first nine games, something like that. So I knew, all right, he's coming back. He's, he's getting shots on goal. And, you know, so I've been tracking him. I tracked him for a long time. Right. And uh, one of the questions uh, or comments that leads to a question we had over on YouTube is, would you rather have Drysdale now as he is versus them picking Juracek over Cutter Gautier as the way to build from the blue line out? Okay. So it's almost unfair because knowing what the Flyers cap situation is, I'm still going to choose Juracek because, again, he hasn't gone through his ELC yet and then through that next contract where con right now we talked about it in three years, you're going to have to pay Drysdale again. Yeah. So if contracts didn't exist, then I would say Drysdale. But because contracts exist, I would say Juracek. That's that's where I fall. Yeah, that's a, a really good way of looking at it. I, I think I think you're right. As the hockey player, I want Drysdale. Um, yeah. But in terms of the rebuild, which we'll we'll get into more about that uh, next segment, I think that uh, yeah, maybe Eurocheck would have been the better option here. In in the meantime, you know, looking at Jamie Drysdale's past twenty four hours, man, like he is dealing with things like a champ and like a pro. I could not be more impressed with him as a person right now. You know, he flew in super early Tuesday morning, went straight to practice. You know, he met with the media afterwards. And uh, obviously he knows Cam York uh, a, a little bit. And then he's yeah. trained with Scott Lawton for a number of years. So okay, and I didn't know that. Yeah, they're really good buddies. Um, he knows Morgan Frost and Nick Delorier a little yeah, bit as well. Yeah, yeah. So. I think that, you know, he does have people around here. People were concerned because, you know, he left his best friend in Anaheim. But I think like, you know, this is a pro sports. This happens. And, you know, you you learn to make do. There's a Chipotle here. He'll be fine. You yeah. know what I mean? Even yeah. though you should go to Pancheros. Pancheros is actually better than Chipotle. I like both. But yeah. I'm just saying, you know, that's where hockey players end up, right? Right. And, you know, he's working on picking up the systems. I think, you know, yes. the, the most interesting part of his first media availability was talking about switching from, you know, man coverage to zone coverage. And it's a it's right. a different style. And so he's going to have some time to adjust, but he'll get in a game right away and start learning. Right. I mean, that's the only way you could do it right now. There's not a ton of practice time uh, in some of these weeks. Now, the bye week will be very valuable for him because that's where he could really make up some ground, but I don't know what the rules are. Remember the NHLPA, they've got some rules like in bye weeks, what the earliest or soonest you can come back to like your team facility is to work out. So he might have to like, you know, go figure some things out on his own if he wants to. I'm, I'm oh. not sure how that's going to happen. I'm sure they'll give him some video work as yeah. homework to do during yeah. that. Uh, in the meantime, I think, 
that this does have an interesting effect on the rebuild for the Flyers. And we are going to get into all of that coming up next. The NFL regular season's over, but there's still time to get in on the playoff action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use and there are so many different ways to bet, uh, like same game parlays, find bets in the new explore tab, make a parlay in the parlay hub, the best way to find popular parlays and more. You know, I, I, I'm looking at that. Eagles Bucks game and uh, I'm thinking go with the under on that one. I don't know why, but Tampa's defense has been pretty good, so maybe go with the under on that one. So visit FanDuel.com/lockedon and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. On tomorrow's show, uh, of course, the Flyers are playing the Habs tonight, and you can catch every second of the Flyers hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search for Flyers. Um, we will answer any more of your questions that you have that we have not answered about this trade, about Drysdale, all of that, uh, and questions you have about other topics because that there are other things going There's on. There's a lot of Flyers. questions now. Yeah, yeah. We were so, loaded for them. Yeah, keep them coming. Um, so in terms of how this affects the rebuild, I think from a 30,000 foot perspective here, uh, you know, because there were some comments saying this changes everything and some comments, this changes nothing. And I think that for me anyway, it changes the specific moves that they are going to be making, but it doesn't change the timeline or it doesn't change like the overarching strategy here. I just think it, it changes the specific moves and, you know, specific kind of targeting of what kind of players to bring in. Yeah, it shouldn't change the timeline. Um, we're going to find out if it changes the overarching strategy because we don't know exactly what they're going to do at the deadline yet. I'm sure they're going to get some draft picks, but you never know what they might do. And if they add more to the roster, then that could change that. And I don't know what the future brings. So I'm just that one I'm kind of staying away from because I don't really know. Uh, because again, we talked about it yesterday. They could start adding young players, and even though they're young players, it does change your timeline as to what the uh, what the future looks like as far as the uh, rebuild. But as far as the strategy of it, it shouldn't change it. Right, and I, I think the first question that at least I would ask is, okay, how, how does this affect your depth at defensemen? Right. So, and looking at Drysdale's player type, looking who's already there. Um, does this make Emil Andre tradable? Like, does does this change anything for the other defensemen in the system? And then, you know, does it change what type of defenseman they're going to try and draft moving forward? Right. So for me, I'm not trading any defenseman. I, I just, there's no reason to trade anything because Andre could wait another year, and if Adder has to, fine. I mean, that's not exactly what I want for him because he's a little bit older, but fine. If that has to happen, it has to happen. So from a standpoint of asset management, I'm not trading either one of them. Zamula is an RFA, so that one, something could happen with that where they do trade him and somebody else ends up you know, paying him that contract. That one I can't say for sure what they might do. Uh, I think Walker is going to get traded now for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's any issue. I don't think there's any question about that. 
he kind of was that placeholder now. And Sealer, it's going to be up in the air. I mean, we know Stahl won't be back next year. I mean, that's pretty obvious. So maybe that gives a spot to one of the young guys, or maybe it keeps Nick Sealer's job. Again, depending on what kind of blue line you want at the NHL level, really what's down below, um, maybe one player that's going to limit spots. There's no yeah. way around it. Next year, it's going to limit you know, possibilities, but in two years, it might not. So that's kind of how you have to look at it now. Yeah. And I just wonder like, if they're going to be forced into trying to trade one of the defensemen sooner rather than at trade deadline, right? Like, like Walker, uh, for instance, just because they're clogged up with eight defensemen on the roster now. Like, I mean, to be honest, I mean, it may not sound nice or humane or whatever. But, you know, they could sit Mark Stahl for a couple of weeks if they have to. I mean, he's a veteran. He knew what he signed on for coming right, here. Right, but it still is a roster spot that they can't bring a forward in for road trips. <laughs> like, well, I mean, the roster spot you can't do too much about. But, you know, as far as who's actually in the lineup, they can. Yeah, So well, I don't know if that's going to force them into a trade any sooner. I, I don't believe it will. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something to keep an eye on, though. And then, you know, you look at how it affects the forwards and goal scorers. So now that we don't have Cutter Gautier in the system, I think it may change the moves that they make at trade deadline and, you know, maybe what they'll try and do at the draft. Now, as far as trade deadline in terms of getting additional picks and and it could change who they trade, right? Because now we need that elite playmaker goal scorer again in the system yeah. to bridge the gap until Matvey Mitchkov shows up, right? Right. So, you know, that's a tougher thing. Obviously, Danny Briere was looking for either a center or a defenseman, you know, rather than picks, and he found a defenseman. Why? Because it's hard to get a center. So probably you're not getting that center at the trade deadline either because usually you're getting an older, more developed center. Unless you're trading somebody like Carter Hart, then maybe there's a possibility you can get a younger center, but you're not getting a number one center. Like that's just, that's just not happening. Uh, unless, you know, again, it's going beyond the age that you normally go. And you might get a 31 year old first line center. It's, that's a possibility, but you're not getting anybody young. So like really young. So, yeah. so that's the thing. So that, that person usually comes in the draft. 99% of the time, that's what happens with that. So now that does make them want to look for that. But the problem is if you're going to be a better team this year and let's say you're not in the top 10, uh, people can go to NHLDraftBuzz.com. I did my list. It's going to change a little. But most of those really top-notch centers are going to be in that top 10. There's going to be centers in the first round. and But the strength of the draft right now, the way I see it, is defense. So I still think you have to go with the strength of the draft. I don't think you could change your need that much unless you can get into the top 10. But then again, look what it takes sometimes to get into the top 10. I don't know if they'll even be able to do that. They might entertain it. And, you know, someone might say, well, look, they've got, you know, two firsts and two seconds. Yeah, I get it. But so do other teams. But again, look what it took to get into the uh, top 10 with Couturier, right? What what moves they had to make just to do that. It You know, nowadays, modern day especially, very hard to trade into that. Yeah, I, I think that's all, you know, valid stuff there, you know, in terms of this particular draft and what it what it takes. I just wonder if that's 
not going to phase the flyers and they're going to get as much as they can so they can dump as much as they can into getting into the top 10. Um, I just see that as, as something that this flyers organization might do, but um, you know, it, it could go the way you're talking as well. And that they just get another blue liner here. Um, I, or whoever's best available, you know, at that yeah. time for both picks. Best available is probably going to be a blue liner. And, you know, your timeline is three to five years at least. So whatever you're seeing now, whatever you're thinking about now with this person, it's not going to matter. And unless you were drafting in the top five, it's not going to matter as far as who you're drafting as a center either. That center is probably not beating Matt Faye Mitchkoff to the NHL. So that's, you know, that's the realism of all of this. You know, that's where, yes, you did improve in one area on defense. You did get weakened in, in the center area. It's just, you know, that that's a fact. Yeah. So I think, you know, looking at that center position is going to be really important for the Flyers organization in terms of, of developing, you know, your at least your middle six center. And then you're going to need a top 1C in a few years when Couturier is no longer with the team. Um, I, He's going to be know. 45 years old and still be the one C here because it's hard <laughs> to get him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and maybe that's what you build a bunch of assets up for is to trade for that top line center and you, you yeah. give up a lot to get them if that's like your last piece that you right. need, but it's, it's going to be a uh, very interesting times ahead on that front. Um, so in addition to all of this, uh, we have a player that we have acquired in Jamie Drysdale with uh, a salary, an NHL salary that's up against the cap. And now the Flyers are extremely tight up against it. So we are going to talk a little bit about how it affects the cap for the rest of this season and heading into salary negotiation time. Um, and again, like I said, we, we've got a game to play against Montreal, so we're going to talk a little bit about that as well coming up next. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering all the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league, including Locked On NHL, Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube to subscribe. So, Russ, Jamie Drysdale comes in to the Flyers organization, and uh, he's got a 2.3 million cap hit. He he's got two more years of that, so finishing out this year, and then two more years um, with an RFA status at the end of that deal. And according to Cap Friendly. That puts the Flyers down to 653k in cap space. Yeah, so the the dream of weaponizing cap space at the deadline over. Now doesn't mean they won't gain cap space back because they can if they trade Walker and a few other players. Right. Um, most likely they they can gain cap space back, but I, I don't think I think it's going to be more complicated now to try and weaponize cap space, and I don't think they're in that minds mindset because their mindset is hey we're going to try and make the playoffs so. Generally, teams that are doing that aren't looking for that other thing anyhow. So I don't think you're going to see something like that. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the other things is that it limits um, potential call-ups a little bit. Yeah. So um, as far as goaltending, if 
I think it's only injuries, first off, that there can be call-ups now. Um, that right. there just really isn't space to make a, a roster call-up um, unless you send somebody down at the same Correct. time. Um, but if there's an injury, let's just say there's a goaltender injury. Well, if it's Carter Hart, then you can call up Cal Peterson. But if it's Sam Erson, you can't. You have right. to call up Felix Sandstrom because of the cap hit. Right. And then, again, you're going to go through that thing where, well, can we send Sandstrom back down? Because depending on the time of the year, if somebody gets really desperate at the end of the year, they might, you know, take Sandstrom if you send them back down. Now, they got away with it once. You might not get away with it again. Yeah, is that I, risk too. Yeah, like they may have to have it be emergency call up or emergency right. circumstances or something um, yeah. to to have them be able to do that. Um, and then yes. I, I so I I don't I do think it puts the team in a, a real bind to some degree, just in terms of the roster flexibility. And again, with the issue of having eight defensemen on the roster that we talked about earlier. You know, it doesn't allow you to call up that extra forward for the right. road trip unless you put Nick Sealer at forward and play 11-7. Right. It's not ideal. And unfortunately, you're right. It probably means that there's going to be a few more 11-7s than we all would like to see. Yeah, because the 11-7 has not been working for the Flyers this year. No. No, it worked when they were undermanned, you know. But, but now, especially this time yeah. of the year, you don't want to, there's certain teams you just don't want to play that way. You just don't. So then, you know, just at a basic level, turning our attention to late this season, the off season, that gives us five RFAs next season, including Carter Hart. It's a lot. And the Hart one will cost them. Assuming he's still on the roster, hasn't been traded at the deadline, not getting traded at the draft. It's going to cost them. I mean, he's not signing, you know, a one-year deal. now. If they wanted to do like some cap circumvention and he signed a one-year deal and you wink at him and you say, all right, after next January, we could give you your extension. Sure. But sometimes guys don't want to do that. You know, Kevin LeBanc did that in San Jose. You know, so he signed for like a million bucks, I think. But I don't think Hart's going to do that. And I'm not suggesting he should. So that'll complicate things a little bit. It's a lot of RFAs, you know, paling. You know, it's good to acquire this young talent, Rachel, until you have to pay him. Right. You know what I mean? And and that's when, so this year is kind of like the, yeah, okay, you got these guys and you got them at low salaries, but now some of them now, you're going to have to decide if you keep it or not. Zamula uh, included in that mix and Zamula has turned into a nice defenseman. So, you know, have the Flyers gotten to the point now where they feel like they don't need Sealer, they don't need Stahl, they don't need guys like that next year because they feel like their young guys are, are good enough and can carry him through. I don't know. You'd have to ask John Tortorella, and certainly he's not going to answer that right now. No, no. <laughs> that is not his job. No. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I think it's it's just going to create an additional layer of challenges uh, yes. moving forward. Um, I do think that th these are all good problems to have in a lot of ways, where you have a lot Most of guys. Of are, the, yeah. the cap one to be a struggle though we remember back in the days where now they're not so close that they're sending guys up and down every day and they're going on all these paperwork um trips but it could happen you know a couple of bad injuries like you pointed out it could happen right i just think it's a good problem to have in terms of having multiple guys with potential and we're not sure who they're going to keep right right i mean 
yeah, that's the thing. If you told, you know, you if you asked me to make you a list of who they're keeping for next year, that list could change now. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely something we are going to keep talking about because, uh, yeah, it definitely has changed my mind in terms of what they might do at trade deadline and in terms of what prospects are going to stick around. Uh, Flyers playing the Habs tonight, who just won against the New York Rangers. Uh, funny that, um, like I said on yesterday's show, Habs always seem to figure out a, a way to play extra great against the Flyers. It can be a tough spoiler. They can. And, and that's something where, you know, the Flyers have to be aware of that. And now they're going to be in a little bit of transition with their blue line. So, yep. you know, does do the Canadians look at that and say, all right, we're really going to test um, the boundaries of their new blue line now? And they might. And they've got some speed and scoring ability to try and do that. Caden Primo is going to be in net. Caden Primo certainly uh, no stranger to this area. And Keith's son and all of that and has lived in the area. So he's going to be gunning for a win. I mean, this is not a gimme. No. And, you know, you have that top power play unit on the Habs with Suzuki, Slavkovsky and, and Caulfield on it. Like yeah. the, the Flyers PK is going to have its work cut out for it. It is. I mean, the Flyers PK had its work cut out with Pittsburgh. And this one may not be as like, might not be. It, it, I'm not going to say it's not as talented. They don't have the pedigree maybe that the Penguins does as far as, you know, future Hall of Famers. But it doesn't mean these three that you mentioned can't make the Hall of Fame someday if they don't have great careers. So, you know, because we're kind of like, you know, some of them are close to the beginning of it. So it's, yeah, it could be a challenge. Yeah. So uh, we'll see how this one goes. And uh, let us know if we missed any of the questions you have about the Gautier uh, Drysdale trade. Let us know if you have any other questions for us to answer on a more robust mailbag on tomorrow's show. You can I do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you can contact us via Twitter at lockdown flyers. You can email us at lockdown flyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at our Miriam. That's R M I R I A M. I'm Russ. I'm at sportsology S P O R T S O L O G Y. Have a great day, everyone.